Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Good afternoon, evening or morning, everyone, wherever you are. This may differ. For me, it's afternoon, about quarter to three now, so a lot earlier than I usually go online to talk about my police science snippets. So if you're on the email list, you will already have received the snippets. The, uh, I do this every week um, just to help help out law enforcement officers and staff. I go through academic journals and scientific papers and reports and whatever I find. And if there's something that I think is actionable and something that could be of use and you could implement it and involve it in your way of working, your way of thinking straight away, then I take it as a really science snippet. So it gets emailed out to all my email list. You can download it if you're on the email list as a PDF. You can build up yourself a little library. And this is number 28. So I've been doing this for 28 weeks and also come online and I start discussing this um, with you and see how you could put it into force and how you could apply them. Now, what I want to tell you, though, before I get to this week's science snippet is that I'm doing an inter a live interview on Thursday. That's two days from now at the earlier time of 12 noon British time. So that's going to be um, seven o'clock in the morning if you're on the east coast of the States, for example. It's going to be with um, Professor Lawrence Allison. Now he's at the University of Liverpool. He's just been awarded an MBE that's a um, member of the British Empire that is awarded by, um, I think it's awarded by the Queen. I'm not completely sure. Maybe he'll tell us on Thursday. But he's had many, many accomplishments. And we're going to speak to um, him about how to get guilty suspects to confess. So Professor Allison developed his own technique about um, based on a technique that is usually used in dealing with, um, in therapy actually, with addiction clients. Um, it's called motivational interviewing. And he's actually taken that from that area and he's turned it into something that can be used to interview suspects, often high-value high, high detainees, for example, um, terrorism suspects. And um, I'm really excited about this because Professor Allison is also my, um, he was my supervisor on my master's and my PhD. So um, I know him, I've known him for um, quite a few years and it's going to be very interesting, hopefully, to um, do this interview together with him. Obviously, I haven't seen him for a while, but um, let's let's see how it goes. So that's 12 o'clock noon if you want to join live and um, you'll be able to watch on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. Now, let's get to your police science snippet. So the first one is about bias in digital forensics. And it was actually Dr. Janet Bethany Burris who, um, from the FBI who sent me this snippet. Thank you very much for that. If you have any snippet, many of you do come across research. If there's anything that you think is immediately actionable and practical and useful, so non-theoretical, non-abstract, but something that people in, in law enforcement can use straight away, please email it to me and I might be able to use it as a snippet like this. So um, bias in digital forensics, it was shown in a study that analysts who were supposed to examine mobile phones from a suspect, they found more incriminating evidence if they were told in the beginning that the suspect was guilty and they found less incriminating evidence against the suspect when they were told that the suspect was innocent. So given giving this information to the analyst biases them. And I'm not judging in any way that the analyst has then either found more or less to, you know, in, in compliance with this bias. What I'm saying is that we're all 
subject to our own biases. And really, you should not put a bias into anyone else's mind. So whether, you know, you might be the arresting officer, you might be the, um, you know, the, the officer handling the package and handling the exhibits, and you might be giving them to the analyst or instructing the analyst, whoever you are, in whichever role you have. But whatever you think about the suspect, you should not impart that onto the analyst. Everybody should start with a clean slate because there have there have probably been quite a few miscarriages of justice because of this. So it's really interesting that this was found. So everybody should go in with a clean slate, find the evidence, not assuming guilt or innocence at the outset. Okay, so keep that in mind. The next one is about, um, and actually the, the unique thing about this week's science snippets are that all three papers are fully available. Sometimes I can only direct you to papers where you've got um, the abstract available and you can't access the rest. This time you can actually um, read the, the full papers all three times. Thank you. I'm getting uh, lots of people watching on LinkedIn. This is actually the first time I'm streaming to LinkedIn. So I don't know what it... Um, how, how this is all looking and working, but if you are on LinkedIn, hello, and please say where you're from so that I know how many people are watching. It's not actually telling me that you guys are all, all here, which is interesting. So I'm using software that is usually telling me how many people are watching live, but there's far more comments in here than I'm being shown that I've got viewers at the moment. Um, so the so the second snippet, I got sidetracked here, apologies, is about suspect interviews. Now, it's short but it's really impactful. The snippet in itself is, a study found that around half of offenders were undecided about whether they were going to confess or not when going into an interview. So we're talking about guilty offenders, okay? People who have something to confess. Um, you know, you would often think that everyone would try not to confess, but you can see now that this is not the case. So if they were guilty, half of them were undecided on whether or not they should come clean. Now, what that means for you, the investigator, the interviewer, is you've got an enormous amount of influence on the situation. And what you do, how you treat the person, the atmosphere you set, the, the rules of engagement you follow, they will determine, along with obviously the strength of forensic evidence, which is the most impactful factor in confessing, but the power that you have, the, the positive power, the influence that you have is very, very strong. So take this as an opportunity to really find out how best to interview. If you want to find out how best to interview, tune in on Thursday when I'm speaking to Professor Lawrence Allison, watch the most recent interview I did, um, or the one before then with Professor Ray Bull. He's also an expert on in investigative interviewing. There are ways of not doing it and there are ways of doing it. And actually, the next science snippet of this week is also about suspect interviews. So it ties into the second one. Um, with the right skills and approach, a suspect undecided on whether they want to confess or not, and we now know that's 50% of them, can be encouraged to open up about their guilt in interview. Okay, so if you've had the training, if you've got the understanding, you are able to positively influence a guilty suspect to want to come clean. However, it is much easier for them to be swayed not to confess. So it's if you have the right skills and the right approach, you can positively influence a guilty suspect to confess. However, it's very easy with doing the wrong things and not doing the right things to sway them not to want to confess. So for example, some ways of doing that are trying to hard to convince them to speak, trying to uh, being accusatory, 
being forceful and trying to corner them, you know, verbally corner them. So all these techniques can actually backfire and get the suspect to close up. So um, three snippets in there for you today, as usual. Um, thank you, Dr. Sharma is going to be at the interview on Thursday. Thanks for joining. Um, Phil K wants to be there, hopefully as well, watching from the UK, from Istanbul. Fantastic. So lots of people on LinkedIn. I'm really glad I've got you um, here. And uh, don't forget, if you don't know, because you, um, you know the LinkedIn audience is not usually my live audience. I've only very recently been approved to stream on LinkedIn. So I'm very excited about that because I've got a network of 10,000 interesting people on LinkedIn. And uh, it was just such a shame I wasn't able to speak to them live before. I want to show you this. This is... Um, this is a video I'm doing the last in a, in a series of three stress resilience workshops for policing tomorrow. So the last workshop is tomorrow and uh, we're currently offering a course if people who work in policing or who work as a first responder, be, be they um, an officer or member of staff, if they if they want to gain back control over their stress response. You know, you can't control the stress in the world, but you can control how you respond to it. There are ways and things you can do to get clarity in these situations rather than being overwhelmed and being full of adrenaline and serotonin. So not serotonin, cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone. So we are teaching tools on each of these workshops, and we've already had two workshops. You can um, you can go here, um, just forward slash SRW, Stress Resilience Workshops. We're teaching tools on each of these workshops. We're going to teach another tool tomorrow. You can watch the replays of the first few, uh, the first two workshops there. Actually, if you con if you register for these workshops, you get um, you get ten percent discount on the course. Um, so that's that's quite good if you're interested in it. And um, I'll show you more information about this now. So who's the course designed for? Well, I designed the course for frontline police officers and staff who are suffering with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and potentially even PTSD. You know the kind of stresses, it's hard to get out of bed, but then you can't sleep either. You're tired, you're irritable. You take it out on the spouse or the kids. You get to work, you can't concentrate. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Every day is just a challenge and it gets harder and harder and harder. Well, if that's you, this could be the course for you. Okay, so again, the um, website, if you want to find out if this course is for you, this is this is an online coaching program by um, Ginny McKenna. She's an ex-cop. She, um, she was a frontline police officer on the streets for over 21 years. She suffered from PTSD. She suffered from stress, anxiety. She was very suicidal at more than one, on more than one occasion, from what I understand. She's now a stress coach specializing in policing. So she's a police, police stress expert, and she's developed this online program to um, help officers and staff or former or serving build resilience to stress and get control back over their lives and um, this course is actually on the police science doctor academy that's my learning platform go um, to the main website forward slash gm1 that's Jenny mckenna one and um, see if this is for you or not so hopefully um so there's two more live events this week um tomorrow is the stress and resilience workshop the last one in the series and um, then Thursday, the interview with Professor Allison. And um, hopefully, well, I think both of them will be very enjoyable for me. Um, I'm, I'm really liking these um, live events. I love the interaction from you guys. You know, sometimes it's, people are chatting away in the comments, answering questions, exchanging in, um, information. It's fantastic to see. I'm really glad to be able to build this community and um, of people from all over the world interested in police science and how we can use it to make policing better. 
So um, keep your comments coming. I really appreciate you. Come to the live events and um, join the email list if you want to get the snippets, if you want to get other announcements and perks. And, um, you know, the, the email list is completely free. The information I put out there is completely free. So please make use of them. And uh, I hope to see you tomorrow at the workshop. It's 4 p.m. Um, British time. And the interview is 12 noon British time on Thursday. So just have a look in your inbox if I've emailed you about this or to have a look on the website about the um, information that of what is coming up. And um, I'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.